Welcome to the Spirit Empowered Life. Today, Pastor Couples brings another message on leading a fulfilling life through God's principles. Here's Pastor Couples. Isn't it great today to be in God's house? Aren't you glad to be here today? I want to welcome all of you again. Just say how glad I am you're here today. I also want to welcome the campuses that are joining us today. We're believing that for all of us as we gather together, and both here as well as by video today, that God is going to minister to us and in our lives today. I want you to take your Bibles this morning, get ready to go in the Word of the Lord in just a moment. Let me just share with you, we've been talking about kingdom lifestyle. And, and we've been talking about over the past several weeks of how that this kingdom lifestyle is lived out. And basically, we can kind of boil it down to this. Uh, it's found in John 10.10 10, where it says, The thief comes but for to kill, to steal, and to what? Destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you may have life and that you can have it more abundantly. And so there's two kingdoms that we either dwell in. We either dwell in the kingdom of lack, the kingdom of poverty, the kingdom of not enough, or we say, you know what, don't want to live there. Well, that'd been a great place for an amen. Don't want to live there. I want to get in this kingdom of abundance. I want to move into this kingdom of prosperity and this kingdom that God has brought to this earth so that you and I can live this abundant life. And so it's our choice this morning, whether or not we live with lack, whether or not we live with what I call a slice of pie mentality, meaning uh, that we think that there's only so many slices to go around and then once they're all gone, we're done. Instead of understanding that our God is limitless, He is the more abundant one. He is the one who is able to just continue to bless us in so many ways. And so today I want to talk on this subject. I want to talk about subtraction that produces multiplication. Subtraction that produces multiplication. Now, I know that that just doesn't make sense, does it? When we, we talked about, when we learned our addition and, and subtraction and multiplication and division, all of that in school, we found out uh, that subtraction does not bring multiplication. But I want to show you this morning out of the Word of the Lord how that you truly can have some things subtracted out of your life and yet for there to be a multiplication that's brought back to you. So take your Bibles this morning, go to the last book of the Old Testament, the book of Malachi, the third chapter. And, and I want to teach you this morning uh, on a subject. Now before we get there, everybody look up here real quickly. How many of you have ever heard the word tithe? That's the majority of you, if not all of you. Let me explain to you what tithe means. Tithe would just be better translated for us a tenth, all right? Tithing just means a tenth. A tithing cannot be 20%. It can't be 50%. Tithing always in Scripture means 10%. Now, let me help us this morning. Everybody listen real carefully to me. I want you to lay aside all of your legalism this morning. Can you do that? Can you kind of just lay aside the legalism uh, about tithing? Because I know what happens when a pastor mentions tithing. Everybody gets real tight and, and we get real legalistic and think we're going to get beat up. Yes, not what's going to happen this morning. I'm going to show us out of the word of the Lord uh, what God has to say to us out of the book of Malachi, the third chapter, uh, verse 10 and 11. 
The Lord says this, bring all the tithes, all the tenth, the first portion, uh, into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. Now let me explain something to you. This is the only place in Scripture where God ever says to try him or to test him. Only place, all right? Try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Verse 11, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. Now today when we begin talking about subtraction that produces multiplication, I want to give you five insights out of this passage today that I feel like are revelatory for us if we can get it. And, and, and so what we have to understand is this, is that, first of all, just get this real quickly. God is a God of covenants. You know that? Uh, what we call the Old Testament and the New Testament really could be referred to as the Old Covenant and the New Covenant. Now, it's interesting when you begin to deal in covenants. A lot of times people get a, get a little upset when you begin to talk about tithing. They say, well, that's Old Covenant. Well, uh, actually, that's before the Old Covenant. All right. Uh, the Bible says that Abel brought the firstborn of his flock to the Lord. That's tithing. That's in the very beginning uh, of, the, of Scripture. The Word of God goes on to say uh, 400 years before the law was ever given that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. Uh, the Word of God also lets us know that Jacob, when he encounters God, he covenants with the Lord to be a tither. Uh, Jesus, in the New Testament, one day says, he says, you tithe on the mint, the dill. He says, you tithe on every bit of spice that you have. And you know what he said? He said, this you ought to do. He said, you ought to do this. And then in the book of Hebrews, the Word of God says that men pay tithes here and they are received by men, but after they're received by men, that they are received by God. So the Scripture lets us know that tithing is something that is, is about a covenant. It's about living in this covenant in which God has called us to. Look there in verse number 10, if you will, and, and let's drop down there in the passage where it says, if you bring your tithes, he said, he said, see if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing. Now, the, the first thing you've got to understand this morning is this, is that God is saying to us, I'm going to open windows for you. Now, how many of you know that God is not raining out cars from heaven? Right? He's not opening windows and pouring out new Mercedes, new Lexus, new Volkswagens or whatever. How many of you know he's not pouring out a house? Aren't you glad? Because you might be standing in the wrong place. And if he poured it out from heaven, there wouldn't be much left of you. Some of you have been praying for a husband or a wife. Aren't you glad God's not pouring them out from heaven? The Word of God says that God will open the windows of heaven. Now, what, are, what, are, what is this whole aspect of opening the windows of heaven? If it's not, God's going to rain down this stuff on us. There used to be a song that said, pennies from heaven. Now, I don't know about you, but I need a whole lot more than pennies. Right? So, what is it talking about? Well, the Bible says this, Give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running it over. Shall men, watch, shall men give unto you. Not God, men. As I give, God is going to use men 
and woe man to give unto me. So how does this whole thing work? Well, how many of you know that the primary purpose for the windows in your house is so that you can see something? Right? Now, I know years and years ago it was for ventilation and all this, but nowadays the primary purpose for windows is so that we can see. Uh, and, and so in, in the whole process here, the Word of God says that God's going to open the windows of heaven. So what does that mean? It means, number one, get this, write it down, is that God is going to give you, if you are a tither, He is going to give you spiritual insight. He's going to bring spiritual insight into your life. Now, I don't know if you need spiritual insight or not, but I need a whole lot of it. Amen? I mean, I, I need God to show me some things. And the Word of God says that tithing produces spiritual insight. The Bible says in the book of Genesis, the 14th chapter, that Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek. But then the 15th chapter, verse 1 says this, after these things, after what things? After he tithed, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Wouldn't you like for God to give you some fresh vision? Amen. And he said unto him, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your exceeding great reward. God spoke to Abram and he gave him a vision. In fact, he gave him a vision uh, of the sand on the, on the seashore and he gave him a vision of the stars in the heaven. And he gave him this vision and said, this is what's going to happen. He says, you, you are going to have children uh, of that uh, magnitude. Now, how many of you know that when God gave Abraham that vision, he had no clue how it was going to happen? I mean, he was already an old man, and he's going, how is this going to happen? Let me, let me just tell you something. Sometimes when God gives you a spiritual vision, you really don't understand it. And let me go a little bit further. And when you start trying to help God out, you get in serious trouble. Remember the story? Abraham starts trying to help God out, and he takes the handmaiden of his wife and, and has, uh, you know, Ishmael, and we're still having war today because of it. You, you realize that the whole Palestinian-Israel thing right now is our half-brothers fighting with each other. That's what it goes back to. Why? Because Abraham tried to help God out. Listen, don't help God out. He does not need your help. Amen. But, but what, what God does is that God shows Abraham the future. God lays it out because Abraham is a tither. God says, I will open the windows of heaven. And the Bible says there's another point that Jacob was at the gate of heaven. There were angels ascending and descending. And, and, and a, a Jacob said to God, he said, if you will show me how to prosper, I will give you a tithe of everything I've got. And so from that point on, if you study the life of Jacob, you will see that Jacob winds up with the con artist of con artists. His father-in-law's name is Laban, and I'm going to tell you something. The guy was a con artist. And yet, the Word of God says that God blessed Jacob. Jacob, who left with nothing but his coat and a staff, winds up coming back so blessed of God that he's able to split his camp in two And when he got ready to meet his brother Esau because he didn't know what was going to happen because he had been blessed so greatly. Why? Because he had spiritual eyesight. You and I need to understand that as a tither, as one who moves into that covenant with God, that we have the right to go to God and say, God, I don't know what's going on right now, but if you will show me what I am supposed to do, I will do what you tell me to do. Well, that would have been a great place for an amen. 
When we come to that place of understanding, God, I am coming to you for my financial prosperity. I am coming to you for you to show me what I am to do. Lord, the power of my tithing is going to open my eyes so that I can see into the kingdom. Remember, we're talking about a kingdom lifestyle so that I can see into the kingdom of heaven. How many of you believe that God knows everything? You really believe that? You believe God knows when a recession's coming? You believe God knows when an upturn is going to happen? Do you believe God knows when you're going to lose your job? You believe God knows when the next job's coming? See, if, if we would get that, then how many of you believe that it's His good will to share those things with His children? But I've got to come to that place of saying, wait a minute, I am in covenant with God Almighty, and because of that, I am going to believe God that He's going to be able to show this to me. The the Bible says uh, that He will pour us out a blessing. I, I looked up that word blessing, and it's the same word as the word benediction. All right? How many of you have ever been in a service and they say, now we're going to have the benediction? And what that means is they're going to pray and shut the service down. Right? How many of you, there are seasons of your life, you need some things shut down? That you need some things finished. You ever been in one of those times and say, man, I'll be glad when this season is over? The Word of God says that that He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so this word there says he, is, uh, he will pour us out a blessing or he will pour us out a finish. There are some things in your life this morning that you need to go to God about and say, Lord, I'm ready for this thing to be finished. I'm ready for this thing to have a blessing on it. I'm ready for it to stop, not just to begin it, but Lord, I'm ready for it to be completed. I'm ready for it to be over. I am ready for the conclusion to happen. Listen, the conclusion of sickness is health. The conclusion of sorrow is joy. The conclusion of mourning is dancing. The conclusion of debt is prosperity. Well, that's a good place to get excited. In our lives, if we would come to an understanding this morning of saying, you know what, God is not just the beginning, He is also the finisher. And I am a tither, and so therefore, I'm a person who finishes. Don't you, don't you love people who finish things? You ever been around people who are always starting things, but they never finish? I mean, I, I, I don't like staff members who always start things, but never finish. In fact, they don't last long with me. They just don't. Why? Because I like people who know how to finish. Tithers are people who know how to finish. Why? Because God gives us that spiritual insight. He brings that blessing into our life, and that blessing brings the finishing point to what we are dealing with and that we're able to move into the next season. The Word of God says there's a a season. There's a time for everything under the heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, and a time to reap. There's there's, There's a timing in the process of God that you and I have to understand. Look at the second thing found in the latter part of verse 10. It says that there will not be room enough. I'm going to pour you out a blessing that there will not be room enough for you to receive it. Now, does that, does that excite anybody but me? I mean, the, the, the first principle ought to be enough to make me want to be a tither, but when I read this part, I go, wow, that I won't be able to receive it? Now, now let me explain something to you. God is never wasteful. 
You believe that? Now, he is extravagant, but he's not wasteful. So if it says, he's going to pour me out a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it, what does that mean? Well, watch this. If I can't receive it all, then I don't have it, do I? And if I don't have it, I can't do anything with it. So what is this blessing that is going to be so powerful that I don't have room enough to receive it all? I think I can show it to you. The book of Hebrews, the 7th chapter, verse 9 and 10, says even Levi, who receives tithes, it's talking in, in the historical setting there, even Levi, who receives tithes, paid tithes through Abraham, so to speak. Now, that's kind of interesting. For he was still in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, let me explain. Let me set this up for you. Abraham is, you got Abraham, you got Isaac, you got Jacob, and you got Levi. So Abraham is the one who pays tithes. But the Bible says that when Abraham paid tithes, Levi paid tithes. Levi wasn't even born. But four generations are blessed because one person pays tithes. Oh, don't miss it. Get this. The blessing is not just given to you. The blessing literally goes at least four generations down. All of a sudden, it changes the whole mindset of tithing. Tithing is not so I can get, I can get, I can get. No, no, no. All of a sudden, tithing becomes a, a, a thing of generosity that as I tithe, not only am I going to be blessed with what God is going to do, but I literally am going to bless at least four generations that are coming after me are going to be blessed because of what I am doing today. Could, could it be that some of us who are so blessed here today has nothing to do with us and has everything to do with somebody you never even met, some, some great-grandparent back there who paid tithes and was just faithful to God and what they had, and because of that, God has just continued the blessing to go and go and go, and now here you are today, and you're walking in blessing and don't even realize that it's because somebody back there, there was an Abraham in your lineage that paid tithes, and God says, because of that, I'm just going to keep blessing, and I'm going to keep blessing, and I'm going to keep blessing. Now, now let, let me just challenge us this morning. Each generation gets more blessed than the last. Go read it. Go study it about, about Abraham. Abraham to Isaac's more blessed, to Jacob's more blessed. And then you got Levi. He's more blessed. Every generation gets more blessed. Let me, let me challenge you this morning. Don't drop the ball. Don't stop now. There's somebody coming after you that you are going to be able to bless and you haven't even met them yet. They're not even a twinkle in somebody's eye yet. But they're coming. And because of your willingness to be obedient to God, God says, I'm going to pour out a blessing that you can't contain. See, I used to read that scripture and say, I don't understand that because, you know, it, it didn't matter how much he sent my way. I thought I could contain it. I mean, if he gives me a million, I can contain it. Give me 10 million, I can contain it. Give me a billion, I can contain it. 
But he said, I will give you what you can't contain. And then you begin to study scripture and you see it goes from generation to generation. Look in verse 11. He says, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. The, the third thing that the tithe does is, I, I, I just broke it right down to where we live. It protects your stuff. How many of you got some stuff? rest of you lied. We all got some stuff. How many of you have ever been at a part of your life where it's been like the enemy's just really been coming against you and you've been just fighting, felt like hell itself, and, and you begin to pray and you begin to say, in the name of Jesus, I just rebuke this assignment, I just come out. You ever, ever done that? Wow. You haven't done that? L let me help some of you who didn't raise your hand. Start doing that. You might get a breakthrough. You might see God come through on your behalf. You got really aggressive about this thing. Not about just, you know, eating angel food cake and floating around on wings and clouds. All right? But, but it's one thing for me as a child of God to come against the enemy. It's another thing when God himself rebukes the devourer. Read it. It says... He will rebuke the devourer. All of a sudden, God says, I will stand between you and the devourer. Ever read that passage in the, in the Old Testament, in the book of Psalms, I believe it is, it says, a thousand may fall at thy right hand and ten thousand at thy left, but it shall not come nigh thy dwelling. That's when God stands between you and the devourer. Now, how, how do I get God? Would you like that? I mean, I'd, I'd love for God to be between me and the devourer. When the enemy comes in, my health, my finances, my family relationships, my walk with God, whatever, that, that the power of God is standing there. But how do I get that? Well, the book of Proverbs, the third chapter, and the ninth verse says, Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits. There's that tenth again. With the first fruits of all your increase. That word honor, I, I did a sermon a few years back now, and I was, I was going to do a whole series on how you honor God. And, and I, I began to search Scripture, and I found out that the only way that the Scripture tells us to honor God is with our finances. Go home and research it. I saw that look you gave me. All right? It's, it's, and, and here it says, honor the Lord with your possession. That word honor means that you mark off a place for God to stand. When things are set apart unto God, remember in the Old Testament that they set apart certain implements that were for the temple only, and, and when they were used for the wrong thing, God struck the king uh, and killed him in, in days' time because he was disobedient to the Lord. And, and, and that word honor uh, means that, that we, we, we just set off a place for God to stand. Now, if I'm honoring God with the first fruits, what that means is, is that when I bring my tenth, all right, if I make $10 an hour, I bring a dollar. I'll be real simple. And I bring that in the house of the Lord, then what I am doing is, is that I'm giving God a place to stand. Boy, I wish you'd get excited. And God shows up. And he stands between me and the devourer. And all of a sudden, my stuff is protected. And when the enemy comes against me, I can just say, whoa, wait a minute. I'm a tither. 
go, go take it up with the Lord. I said, well, I, I, does God really do that? Well, the children of Israel understood this principle, and the Bible says for 40 years. Their clothes didn't wear out. Their shoes didn't wear out. He fed them by day and, and gave them a cloud and gave them a fire by night, and all the things that he did for them, and even their bodies didn't wear out. The Scripture says there was not one infirm one among them. He said, well, how did they die? The whole, whole generation died in the wilderness. Yeah, God just said, okay, I want that one now. Wouldn't it be nice just to be going along doing whatever it is and, and that you're supposed to be doing and whatever at point that you decide it's time to go home and be with Jesus, you just say, I think today's the day. I heard, heard recently of a, of a, of a long-time pastor uh, who, who passed away and, and his wife, they've been married I think over 60 years, his wife went to the funeral home, saw him in the casket, went home that night, laid down, and went home to be with her husband. And I was talking with a pastor friend who knew them well, and he said, he said, Pastor Pugh had always said that he and his wife had an agreement that when one of them went, the other one was going too. Now, I want to tell you, that's walking in divine favor with God. And with, within, within, see, some of y'all, that's messing with you. And I just thought I was going to die when, you know, whenever. No, no, do, do you realize that, that the word of the Lord talks about, and they gave up the ghost? Bible says God will satisfy you with long life. Oh, you, you got to get it. When you understand that, you can begin to live. At a different, God says, I'll protect your stuff. And I don't know about you, but part of my stuff is me. Look in the second part of verse 11 there. It says, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. That word ground there is the Hebrew word Adama, or where we get the word Adam from. Uh, remember in the, the story of the parable of the sower, uh, that the sower went forth to sow, and he sowed on good ground, he sowed on stony ground, sowed on uh, a ground that had thorns in it, etc. Uh, and the Bible says that that ground is the heart of man. So here's the fourth thing that tithing does. Tithing protects your heart. Now don't raise your hand about this one, okay? Just look real holy. But do any of you ever have problem with your heart? I'm not talking about your natural one. I'm talking about that one that sometimes gets a little stony, sometimes gets little thorns in it. Something, right? Look, when, when you read that story of the parable, the, the problem is not with the seed. The seed is incorruptible. The seed is good. The ground is the problem. I found in my life that it's not the problem with the Word of God. It's not the problem with the seed of God's Word. It's the problem with my heart. But Scripture says that as a tither, I can even believe that for that, that God is going to work in my heart and get the junk out so that when the seed comes in, the seed can produce, the Bible says, 30, 60. Come on, what's that last one? 100-fold return. I mean, if, if most of us got 30-fold return, we thought we'd died and gone to heaven. Can you imagine moving to that place of 60 and then 100-fold? That word 100-fold just means full maximum return. 
in whatever part of life. So that is a seed. So I'm and I get it. I'll hurry because I got to get this done. But but I'm sitting there and I'm hearing a sermon on health and on living in in the power of healing. And I hear that word. But because I'm a tither, my heart is prepared. God has got the junk out. He's moved the rocks out. He's taken out uh, the roots of the thorns and got all of it prepared. And so I'm sitting there. My body, I'm sick, but I'm hearing the word of God talk about healing. That He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord God, my healer. That by His stripes we were healed. And I'm hearing that and because my heart is prepared the word of God the seed gets down inside of me and that seed begins to produce because my heart is now ready to receive well pastor it didn't happen like that well let me help you baby it don't happen like that all right look in the latter part of verse 11 we'll tie these two together it says, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord. How many of you know that vines only bear at certain times? So the fifth and final thing is this. The blessing of a tither is that you will understand God's timing. Sometimes it's not time to reap. Sometimes it's time to sow. The Bible says that there were men who were called the men of Issachar who had an understanding of the times and knew what to do. Here's what I found in my life is that the problem is not with God. The problem is with me. Thank you for tuning in today. Please join Pastor Couples next week for another message designed to help you successfully live the Spirit-empowered life. Please log on to our website at www.loveandtruthchurch.com or visit us in person on Oilwell Road in Jackson. And remember, God wants you to lead a spirit-empowered life.